This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within Podcast. We've got a completely different one today than we've ever done in the past. I've got uh, my special guest, Julie London today. She's actually my brand manager. Um, truthfully, Julie does everything, um, the everything manager. And she's also manager of a guardian fund that we've got coming uh, that'll be online here in the next couple months. There'll be more coming on that. It's a pretty exciting project that we've been working a couple years on. But today, uh, Julie handles the majority of my social media and a lot of the communication back and forth just with me being in the field. It's extremely, extremely tough for me to do it. And we posted a series of lion hunting videos. We've actually done three videos on the lion, and they've got a ton of comments, ton of views on them. Um, obviously, something completely different, right? It's not a mule deer in, in the western U.S. It's not a whitetail, um, not a black bear, right? There's there's very few lion hunting videos out there online, um, even more so that will post. So anyway, it gathers a lot of comments, right? From both sides. And it's extremely tough to answer the comments that we get on YouTube or on social media in one or two sentences. So we figured this is going to be something a little bit different today. We're going to actually take some of the the top comments and there are a, a lot of comments, right? Like some of them I'm looking here, they've got thousands and thousands of comments. So Julie went through, took a lot of the, the comments that seem to be repeat comments on there and Julie is going to ask those to me and I'll be able to give more than a one or two line answer of reasoning, right? That's what everybody wants is they want a lot of reason why um, and a lot of background and so forth. And then there are obviously just some weird people out there that comment too. So um, we'll, we'll kind of show what we kind of live with on a day in, day out here. But Julie, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on, Mark. It's it's fun to be on from this side instead of just listening to you talk to everybody else. That's true. That's true. So as as we review all the podcasts, Julie's on the team that reviews them all to make sure I don't say anything too bad while I'm while I'm doing this. <laughs> don't stutter too much. So, but yeah, this is this is uh, uh, 
interesting one that we're going to do today. Um, just because we've never done it before. Never, right. never, never done this. So it'll be the first time we'll learn as we go. But, um, and I'm just going to let you take it away, Julie. You can, you can kind of start it however you want. You just throw the questions at me. Or actually, you know what? Before we do that, I'm going to give a little bit of background on it. Um, perfect. That's so where that, I was yeah. actually going to start. <laughs> yep, that's that's perfect. So this the the lion hunt that I've went on. I've gone on. I've gone my myself on one lion hunt in my life, and this is we're talking African lion here. Um, in May of 2018, I hunted Zambia, um, and Zambia is one of the the top areas for wild lion hunting that there is. And this is a hundred percent wild lion. You see a, some of the comments on there that it was caged or whatever. No, this is, this is wild Africa is where we're hunting here in Zambia. Um, and one of the comments I did see on there is that you don't see lions walking like this, um, that you can do in the wild. And that's, that's a hundred percent true. So we had set up to hunt this in Zambia. Um, and going over how you do it is you set up a lot of baits on a, on a lion hunt and what that you do a lot of planes game, you do Impalas, you do, um, Kudu, uh, Cape Buffalo. If you can get a hippo, like the, the more meat, the better. And you, and you build these bait stations and you, you spread these all out. So the area we were hunting in is 350,000 acres. Um, and again, wild Africa, there's no paved roads. It's, it's two tracks, it's dirt roads, it's villages. Um, power is generator. It's, it's not on the grid, right? There's no, I don't have my phone signal. This is truly wild Africa, what we're doing here. And how the, how a lion hunt works is you set up the bait stations and you, you have trail cams on them and you start to get lions that come in and you, you're just like regular lion hunting here in the U S with dogs, right? You kind of get a lion and, and you start to see what, if it's a good one or not, you kind of judge it by the trail cam. And, and just like anything, you're trying to age lions, right? Um, and in wild Africa, like I, I saw one of the comments, this is a young lion that I was able to take. And it's not a young lion. It's 14. Um, it's actually an extremely old lion. It doesn't have a giant mane, right? It's not pin raised lion. This is again, wild and wild Africa, just like anything, they go through a lot. They go through fights, they go through droughts, they go through all this, all this stuff. Anyway, you build, you build these bait stations and you, you get a big lion on there that, that you want to hunt. And then you build what's called a machan. Um, and a machan is something, and it kind of varies, right? But a machan usually gets you up off the ground, and you're going to sit in there and, and be in there for a long, long time because a, a lion as a predator is extremely, extremely weary. So you get up in these machans. After you've got a lion identified, you build the machan, you, you get in there, and, and generally how it happens, lions are, are like a lot of things. They come the last part of the, the day or first thing in the morning. Um, a lot of times they come the first thing in the morning and you know how you hunt those, you get in there in the afternoon before, and you hunt all the way through the night. You sit there and if they don't come in that afternoon, you're, you're going to sleep in that machine. You're sleeping all the way through and you're going to be in there in the morning, um, trying to catch that lion. And on this hunt, that's exactly what we did. We stayed all the way through and you could hear the lion roaring around the bait. Um, and he was with a lioness and he never came into the bait. But he could hear, we could hear him all night long from the Mashan and he was close by. As the guys came and picked us up, we spotted the lion where we could hear him roaring. And that's how we were on foot for him. We originally hunted out of the Mashan and, and got him on foot because he was by the bait. And that just happened to be where we saw him as we were taken off out of there. That's how we got on, on foot and did this. Um, so it's 
like hunting anywhere, right? You have a plan, you're going to sit in a machine and then something happens next thing you know, you're on your, on your feet and, and shooting off sticks like that. But typical lion hunting, uh, build baits, hunt out of a machine and, and it's just a lot of time and you got to keep the baits replenished because unlike what people tell you in the news and what you read, there are a lot of predators in wild Africa. It's leopards, it's lions, it's males and females, lionesses. There's, there's a lot. And in this, um, concession that we hunted, um, it's not just one lion a year. They take multiple lions a year and it's all based on how many there are, how many studies that they run populations, just like anything in an area can have too many lions. What's the ideal amount of lions that an area has that also allows the plains game to be how it should be right. If you've got too many predators, plains game goes away. Um, I guess one other thing before we, before we start the questions here is Africa's completely different conservation model than what the U.S. is. And what I mean by that is the areas that are truly wild in Africa, how do you maintain high populations of animals, be it plains game, uh, big game like Cape Buffalo, or predators like lions and leopards? And things in Africa, if it doesn't have a value, it doesn't have a place. Um, Africa's extremely poor. And people like or the population's growing. So if these animals do not have a value, they do not have a place. And I don't even really hear that. And sitting in the U.S. somewhere, you may not be able to comprehend that. But it couldn't be more true than when you step into wild Africa. If a lion doesn't have a value, it's not there. Because that lion is causing damage to the villages around it. Same thing. Elephants. Botswana. If that elephant doesn't have a value. It is hurting everybody around it. Planes game. If it doesn't have a value, it's worth more dead because they're going to eat it, right? And they will completely wipe out areas. So now you can go across different areas of Africa that don't have hunting, right? And they're wiped out. Hardly any trees, no animals. It's all gone because the value of those animals wasn't there and that animal was worth more dead than it was alive. So that's the the cold hard truth about Africa. A lot of people don't like to talk about it. I try to talk about it as much as I can because it's different than what the U.S. is. If that animal, right, and I think if if yep. people actually understood that piece alone, I think a lot of these questions wouldn't even exist that we're going to talk about. I agree. I agree. So it's it's one of those things. Don't get me wrong. African animals: lion, leopard, elephant. Right. There's lots of them that have been characterized on TV or that people see. And it is a special animal. Don't get me wrong. It's 100 percent a special animal. But in Africa, they're all treated the same. Right. And if it, it goes back to the same thing, if that animal doesn't have a value, it doesn't have a place. So right. I guess those are the main things I wanted to touch on before we get into these questions. There's going to be some of it that goes back to those same answers of, of the reasons why. Um, what does it do and so forth that will come up on, but I think we're, I think we're ready to shoot if you wanted to dig into some, some questions. Yeah. And, and just another overview. So from your hunt, there was two longer form videos that were published out on YouTube and then one short. Um, so the one short, a short on YouTube is technically like a reel. Um, so that's actually what has really taken off just this year because your videos, the long form ones were posted back in 2021. Um, so the short was posted this year and it has just taken off with a ton of comments. And I think the biggest reason why is because they're not seeing, you know, you being out in that machine for as long as you were. They're not seeing 
how long you were actually hunting. They're just seeing it as a quick kill and mm. they're just thinking that you didn't put any preparation into it. So I think also like I try to link that longer form video as much as I can just to educate people. But again, they're only seeing what they want to see and goes from there, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. exactly. Perfect. So I tried to group these. Um, and again, this is just a handful out of thousands and thousands of comments. Um, so the first group we're going to just attack is why, because I think that's just the main purpose of the comments is why. So I'm going to read, there's five of them here in this grouping. I'm just going to read all five and then mm -hmm. you can kind of um, respond to those. Yep. So we should not hunt the animals. Why? Killing animals just for some money. They have families and life to live too. Just don't do this. If he was so weak, he could be killed naturally by stronger lions who would then create their own stronger offspring. Don't try to justify this killing by giving for the greater good logic. It's nature. There is no need for us to interfere. What will happen will happen. Why? I do believe in hunting, but why kill the predators? Most of them are going extinct. You can't eat them. And wow, look at this tough guy helping the lions go extinct. All right. Well, I think there's right off three of those comments are based on lies. Um, so I'll just dig, I'll dig into this, right? So it, 100%, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the line here. Let me find it. Um, don't, try, don't try to justify this killing by giving for the greater good logic. It's nature. There is no reason for us to interfere. I wish that to be true, but I think anybody with their own two eyes that sees the way the world population is growing and the way that we spread far and wide, not just here in the U.S., but especially Africa, that that can't be true. Right. We interfere in how animals live and there's no way around it. Mm -hmm. We're the number one interference for animals, not just here in the U.S., but in countries all around the world. So I'm going to give an example in the U.S. here and then I'm going to translate that to Africa. So when I grew up here at 12, when I was able to start hunting 28 years ago, there was a large population of rough grouse around where I live in Western Michigan. Today. I can go out when I would have spent an afternoon hunting and got my limit at the time, which would have been five grouse. I can go today and I can go all afternoon without seeing a grouse. Mm -hmm. And the main reason, the main reason why is because we've reduced down the habitat that rough grouse need. Why? Human sprawl. Number one, farming changes. Number two, right? If they don't have the habitat to live, they, they're not going to live, right? They're just not. Predators are going to take them away. Birds of prey. They're just not going to be able to have the nest that they need to keep growing. That same thing is happening in other countries with other species. If you look at sheep in Asia, if you look at lions in Africa, let's translate that now. The villages in Africa are not shrinking. They're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And they're not as rustic as they once were. Some of them now have generator power. The people are growing. Their families are large. So what does that mean? How did those families live then, right? They farm. Same thing we do over here. So you're going into where a lion's habitat is and is shrinking it down. So what does that mean? Lions being predators, right? They have a ground that is theirs and they will fight to protect it. You can't have as many lions on a smaller area of ground. It doesn't work that way. No matter what Disney tells you in the videos, they don't get along. 
right? right? It doesn't work that way. So you can you can let nature take care of its course, right? And then you're going to go through these peaks and valleys and you're going to see things. Or you can rely on, and this is true science. I can't believe I'm actually saying this. You can rely on science, right? You can rely on the numbers and you can rely on conservation, right? So you know how many lions should sustain on a piece of property, um, same thing is, you know, how many elk can sustain on a piece of property without causing damage. Same thing, right? So all these studies that the African countries do in the areas that are open for hunting and they put the quotas on what the hunting is. One lion, two lion for this area, male, females, you take so many females out of this area. And yes, you have to take females out. Same thing as whitetail, right? You can't just shoot all the bucks. You got to take some of the does too. Same thing happens with lions is you have to have a sustainable population of them. And that means you can't have way too many because guess what? They're going to get diseases. They're going to die off. Same thing as, as fox, right? You start to see a whole bunch of fox. Guess what? They get diseases and all of a sudden you go through a peak and valley. Same type of thing as lions. So all these lion areas that are open, right? They're all based on the quotas. They're trying to maintain a certain population of lions in the areas. Now, those populations of lions, because lions are ultimate predator over there, also contribute to what the plains game are in those areas. So they're trying to keep so many predators, so many plains game, because if you have so too many predators, plains game goes away. Think about wolves in the West, right? I just saw some stat because they started releasing the wolves in Colorado. Terrible decision. <laughs> they started releasing the wolves in Colorado. I repeat, terrible decision. But if you start looking in Idaho where they did this too in the elk populations, it's went down dramatically into certain areas that used to have 16,000 head of elk. Now they're below 1,000. Wolves kill. That's what they do, right? You release a killer. Same thing as lions in Africa. If you don't control the ultimate predators, they will reduce the uh, they will reduce the plains game, right? You need to balance on this ecosystem that everything balances out. And it's again, I repeat, it's not Disney, right? It doesn't just do this when humans are there interrupting with roads, with agriculture, with planning, with doing more farming, with population spread, with leaving trash all over. Guess what? We're humans are dirty. We are. That's what it is. And, and this is a way of, of working with how the human population growth is going and maintaining animals at the same rate as that human growth. One thing that people may not know, countries that allow lion hunting, the countries that allow lion hunting are the only countries that have a population that is sustaining or growing of wild lions. How do you answer that if you're a non-hunter? Exactly. I think, I mean, that sentence alone answers all of those. Yep. And 100% the reasons why lion has value. You've mm -hmm. added a value to that lion that is both for the locals and for the government, right? There's now a value to protect those lions. Perfect. I think that answers why pretty well, because I think you're going to hit on the other things that I think I could ask to your why with the rest of them. So we'll move on. Um, the next bucket I did was education conservation, which... You kind of spoke to at the beginning, but we'll make sure that we hit on these um, a little better. Okay. So his page is only about trophy hunting. Nowhere in his description does he explain his hand in helping with the population in a manner of longevity for both sides. You hunt for your pleasure, not for conservation. Wildlife can sustain on its own. 
They don't need population control mechanisms. You're hunting for your pleasure. Conservation does not look like hunting. Yeah. So, I mean, we answered a lot of these um, ones mm-hmm. that I, ones that I'm going to pull out of here um, are on the trophy hunting one. Um, right. You're a trophy, you're a trophy hunter and, and so forth. So the definition of trophy hunter, right? Like I'll, I'll explain it from my point of view. I love traveling and I love ex- new experiences in life. Two of the things that I'm very fortunate in what I do for a living. Um, my job allows me to do that almost every week, right? If I wanted to be on the road every week, I could be doing that. And that's what I love as a person. And I look at it as that I can bring just like this education and value to people that can't go and experience what it is. So I'm going to guess the majority of the comments that we have on here, if not 99.9% of them are from people that have never been to Africa. All they've seen of Africa, maybe on a left leaning program, right? That's, that's their take. They don't really have a greater understanding of it. If there's anything that I can do to educate now, now part of that, you're going to have to listen to this. You're going to have to watch the long form version of what we did that explains everything, not just the short one, right? And in today's world, it's extremely tough to get somebody to, to get away from their phone for a 10 second video. If it's not 10 seconds or less, well, I don't have time for that. So on trophy hunting, I look at trophy hunting as, yes, I travel the world. If that's what trophy hunting is, I hunt in my backyard just like anybody else here. I I hunt probably 25 to 30 days in Michigan a year. Um, And then I'm fortunate to hunt another 100 and some days all around the world. And I, I love what I do with that with trophy hunting. So when I go to those areas, it's the same thing that I try to do here in Michigan is I'm always trying to look for the older or bigger animals. Right. So is that trophy hunting is, is always when I go to those areas looking for the largest or the oldest animal that's there. It's the same thing I do when I sit out in my backyard here and I hunt for whitetail. I'm, I'm always trying to look for the larger or the bigger animals. Same thing I did on this lion hunt. It's, it's the oldest lion that they've taken out of that concession in years. And yes, it was beat down because it had been through multiple fights its teeth were worn down because it's 14 years old, right? Just an old, old lion. That's what, if you look at trophy hunting and saying that's what it is, well, I'll sign up for that every day. Right. And, and if they would watch the long form, right, they would have seen the lion's teeth and they would have seen you be, be talking about how old the lion was and going into full detail. Correct. So. Correct. And I mean, I mean, look at how many times I've asked you about this lion. Like I've, I've asked you plenty of questions because I didn't know how to answer people and mm-hmm. I, I've never gone lion hunting. I've never really even thought about lion hunting into this detail, but in order to answer people on behalf of you, I need to understand your thoughts on it. And I'm a hunter. So I understand conservation from our side, but Africa, like you said, is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you understand it, then all these questions go away. I'm a believer in using the best, and that's exactly what Gunworks rifles are, the best on the market. If you want to sharpen your skills and ability, make sure to check out their long range university. From the rifle build to the perfect shot, Gunworks is your partner in the pursuit of long range perfection, 1,000 yards out of the box. WTA Tags is a full service licensing program available to today's sportsmen. Bottom line, they help hunters draw the very best limited entry big game tags. They offer professional consultation on where to apply and then properly complete and submit your applications to the states. 
Tags has the easiest, most reliable, and most complete service to assist you in drawing that tag of a lifetime. For a free tags consultation, call 1-800-755-8247 or visit them online at worldwidetrophyadventures.com slash tags. That's worldwidetrophyadventures.com slash T-A-G-S. No matter where I'm hunting in the world, I'm always wearing my Mindo boots. I guess you could say that I sort of live in my Mindo hunting boots. And right now at MindoUSA.com, you can use promo code MPJOURNEY to get a free pair of socks when you order up a pair of boots. Again, that's promo code MPJOURNEY at MindoUSA.com. Now back to the journey within. And it's one of, it's, and I hope we try, we tried to do it the best we could as we edited this out is to show the excitement of the locals. Mm-hmm. In the long form video, if you watch the long form video, you'll see the excitement of the locals, of the people that are in the village that that work the camps and so forth. They're generally excited, right? They're not sitting there and going, oh, you shot the lion, right? Yeah. No, absolutely not. They live with the lion. They're, they understand all of this. Same thing when the, the elephant video from Botswana. If you mm-hmm. don't see the joy, and it's so tough to put that through a lens, edit it, and put it for somebody to see versus me being on the back of the Land Cruiser when we pulled in and, and just to see the overall excitement because that village understands just how important elephant hunting is as part of their culture, right? Right. And when you were coming, like you guys get the lion, you're headed back, the the truck is all decorated, they're singing, dancing, a whole bunch of celebration after that. And that wouldn't be there if they weren't excited. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's one of those things like, in society, we like to judge people from an arm's length distance, right? Like we judge what another person should be doing. And that's part of, I mean, it's a, it's definitely negative as we sit here and we judge what Africa should be doing. I hear it all the time of American hunters and um, people in the limelight here in America talking about what Africa should do with their hunting, with their animals and so forth. And I'm like, man, that's great. You guys never even been there. You have no idea. No clue. You've never spent a night there. Yeah, I definitely think that the opinion starts if you've actually been there. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you don't really have room to talk. Yep. And, and that, that brings up another point. One of the one of the comments, um, and you may cover this later, but one of the things I get all the time is, yeah, photo safaris also bring in money for the animals. And the animals get to live. And I'm like, man, that is a 100% true statement. They bring in about less than 10% of what hunting brings in, if we're going to be honest. Photo mm-hmm. safaris bring in less than 10% of what hunting brings into these concessions. And guess what? Hunting takes place in the majority of the same concessions that the photo safari goes on. in. I've hunted multiple times in a concession to where photo safaris are going on in one section of it and we're hunting in the other. And that only happens because they know the real money is from the hunting that comes in and not the photo safaris. Right. That goes hand in hand with the next section because we're talking about the community. So the meat. Mm -hmm. Um, So after you've killed this lion, um, here's some of the questions. Um, Who would want to eat lion meat? What does lion meat taste like? I understand hunting for food, but this is only for the sake of getting the trophy. Shameful. You're not even going to eat the meat. Yeah. So on that one, I like I'd circle back. Like that's the the same conservation model. Um, I will say in Africa is completely different than a lot of places. Um, I've never seen meat used a hundred percent like I have in Africa. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's the intestines, 
anything like that all the way through on the animals, um, that meat is going to find a home somewhere over there. So that's a that's a false statement. Um, so why that lion? Um, so you don't have to lie. That's a very young lion, not even in its prime yet. That lion was domesticated, probably someone's pet. Killing a lion in their own habitat for no logical reason is wrong. What was the reason for shooting this lion? Was it a nuisance to the area? In the wild bush, you never see lions like that. Those lions are used to people. Yeah, so I'll go back. We've answered a lot of these again. Um, Mm -hmm. 100% wild lion. Um, If you were a villager, you did not want to stroll next to this lion. This lion's not chilling next to villages. Um, And this lion was past its prime. Um, so basically all those are, are people that just get a, a glimpse and put a comment down, not knowing what they're saying. Right. I would call those keyboard warriors in a way. Got quite a few of them, quite a few of them out yeah. there. Yep. I think this next section will be good. Um, so this next section, I grouped their comments from hunters, mm-hmm. which I think just gives you a different perspective. I might just go one at a time with these, um, just to make sure that you can hit on them. Good. Okay. So I'm a hunter as well. And at the same time, I'm passionate about conservation. So with that being said, why a lion? They're critically endangered. So you've kind of went over that. But if you want to add on to the Yeah, so side. I'd say on the on the critical endangered part, right? Like that's one you ask why I go and, and show these, right? Well, part of the reason why I go and show these is even, even though they're hunters out there, they may not fully understand. Like I'll go back to the comment. The only countries and areas that have a sustained or a growing population of lions are the ones that allow hunting. Yep. So like, I, I can't be more clear than that, right? Because hunting brings a higher value to that lion than anything else. This one is, is more of a positive one, but I wanted to put in, sprinkle in a few good comments in here. Um, so it's funny how these people in the comments don't know shit about what's going on, but are so quick to get offended. That's, uh, it's a very accurate statement, right? Like you're very quick in today's world. Everybody's very quick to comment. Not very many comments are generally to the good if you see something, right? I think that's more of an ego thing. If somebody's sitting there and being like, well, I'm just going to say this because it may make me feel better. Um, yeah, I like that one. Yeah. And, and I would say, so I've been watching pages like this for the last five years and it's only getting worse. Yeah. Um, people are so much quicker to hit post. They're so much quicker to hit send because they know they can delete it. They can edit it. Um, it's insane how much it's, it's getting worse though. On a quick note on that, as, as Julie knows and everybody on my team, I also coach girls basketball from high school down to middle school. Um, it is not just on a hunter's page that that happens. That is a society trend. Um, yes. And it, it is crazy how it affects a younger generation more of what somebody they don't even know says. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy for me because they, they'll say something. I'm like, why do you even care? You don't even know who that person is. Right. And to me, being 40, which I guess I'm old now, I, I mean, I, I see these comments, right? None of them really bother me because I know it's uneducated people or people are trying to make themselves feel better. Um, it's one of those, if you don't believe in yourself and what you're doing, then you probably need to see it. But I believe in everything I'm doing. Yeah. And I mean, that goes hand in hand with people's names on social media or anywhere, because mm-hmm. we even have a few accounts here in town. So it's community driven, politically driven, um, and they're hiding behind a name so they can make comments about things. So it's oh, like, yeah. 
they can't even state it with their real name and identity that they're hiding behind. Yep. All right. Um, next one. Since no one's saying it, nice kill. Ever since I was young, I've wanted to hunt Africa. People always paint us as murderers and psychos, but there is an enjoyment in being in God's creation. The animals only are only part of the enjoyment. And for those that don't believe it, hunters are the biggest conservationists on the planet. It was hunters that saved the ducks, and it was hunters who saved the buffalo. And if you don't believe it, look at whitetail hunting. Look at what whitetail hunting has done wonders for them. It's a very, very true statement. I can't argue with anything on there. I'm a strong believer that um, hunters are the largest conservationists are on the planet. And it's, and I, I get it. Like, this is one for a non hunter that is extremely tough to understand, right? From a non hunter's perspective, if you look at hunting and harvesting animals as, as the, the, the way that you're actually saving them. I understand why it's tough for a non-hunter to understand that. Um, but if you look at the, if you look at the data, you can't argue it. Mm -hmm. If trophy hunting is legal, which it is, it's regulated so that the animals they're hunting don't go extinct. Next time, try to understand simple concepts before ranting about it in the comments. The solid one too. Mm-hmm. And then that's not right. Some animals you don't, you just don't hunt and I'm a hunter. So again, that goes right to you saying people just don't, may not understand the animal specifics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right. This next one. So some of these comments that come in, I like, I have to set up a day or time of the day based on how my day is going on when I jump on YouTube to go through comments, because some of them are just I just can't believe people say the things that they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, but this next section is threats, um, which happen constantly. Um, so I'll just read a couple of these, and then you can kind of speak to threats and, and that whole part. Okay. Um, so can't wait till you end up on the other end of the hunt, blasted on TMZ, go Lions. I'd like to meet you in a dark alley, freak. You would never leave. The big surprise is I'll be waiting with a lion that this freak has no idea will be there to take the exact revenge. It will be poetic justice. Your time will come. Anyone killing endangered animals deserves the same fate, but much slower. And again, these were the cleaner of the ones. Um, there's ones that come down to threats towards your family, um, your children, etc. So you can just speak to that. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh... Probably when I got into the hunting industry, it's it's been 10 years ago last August. So let's see here, well, 10, 10 years, four months. That was the toughest thing for me to get over, right? Like I can be tough skinned and I don't really care what people people think. Um, the toughest part for me was when I started to receive comments on my kids and family, right? Like that's mm -hmm. the toughest part about any, any husband or father, mother, right? You start getting comments on your kids. And in today's world, like those boundaries are gone. Like you see athletes, they get it all the time. You see anybody in the limelight, they get comments like that all the time. And it's just, it takes a lot to get over those. Um, people ask why I don't, and I do, I do check my own social media, but we get, I mean, I'll let Julie, this, I mean, we get hundreds of comments a day, right? Like I can't, mm -hmm. I can't be in the field and go over those and, 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 do what I do. So Julie does her, her best to go over those, sends me the top ones that need to get responded back to. And we handle it that way. But part of the reason I like it, I like to separate myself a step from the psychos, right? Like I can only handle so many people commenting on killing my kids and, and it puts you in a pretty bad spot. So, um, having Julie be able to separate that really helps me out. 
Yeah, and I mean, we leave most of them up because honestly, there's the good people will will prevail. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I look at it. Mm-hmm. You always have people like some of them I don't even have to go respond to because someone else will handle it. Mm-hmm. And that's the the nice part about your true followers and the people that understand what you're doing. Um, the haters are always going to be louder. Um, but if like looking at some of these numbers, so let's this short, for example, close to 3000 comments, but you've gained almost 14,000 subscribers just from that one short. Mm-hmm. So the people that are against you, aren't going to go hit subscribe. They're not going to give you that luxury of getting one more person to subscribe to. Yep. Um, so that just goes to show what's outweighing. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. Um, the next one. So this lion, for example, if you're watching the short, um, you kind of have a few different shot opportunities. It looks like, and that's just me speaking mm-hmm. from watching it. Yep. Uh, so here's a couple comments and then you can kind of speak to that. Um, if you were a real man, you'd go in there with just a knife or your bare hands. So talking about what you're using. Terrible shot, had plenty of better opportunities, and then panicked at the last moment. You missed three great opportunities to hit him while he paused, then took a bad shot. Yep. All right, well, I can comment on those. First of all, I must not be a real man because I am not going in with a lion in my bare hands. <laughs> so I am I am going to use the rifle, and I used a three seventy five Gunworks, just in case anybody wants to know. Um so on the terrible shot. So as you watch this, the lion strolls across. So there were there were three things that were going across here, which which because I get a chance to break it down. So one, you got to set up the camera right. Camera's the first thing. A lot of times in the field, especially with this one, if the camera's not rolling, doesn't have it in in center frame, everything's perfect. We're not going to pull the trigger no matter what it is. One of the toughest things for me to get over in the hunting industry is what I'm filming is. If it's not perfect, right, it's not going to happen. What that means a lot of times I'm hunting whitetails, my hunt starts 15 minutes later and ends 15 minutes before everybody else's because it's camera light. Cameras have got a lot better that gets you closer towards legal light, um, but they're still not perfect, right? Like if you're hunting in a a deep cover tree area, you're going to lose light. Same thing if you hunt spot and stalk, you're going to get glimpses. And you'd be shocked at those split seconds of do you have him in the camera and searching and I've got him and now he's gone, right? That's number one. Number two, um, I won't lie to you, my pH set the sticks up a little short. I am not a large, large guy, but I am six foot tall, so he set them up a tad short, so we had to readjust. And the third one was um, we had to check to make sure that this was the correct lion, right? Most of the time when you're hunting a lion, you hunt about a Michan. Me, being from Michigan and only seeing a handful of wild lions, I am not the one that's going to make that call. I'm going to rely on my PH who spends 300 and some days in the year, 300 and some days a year in the in the field, um, hunting lions a lot of the time, leopard and so forth. And he's going to make that call. And this is the first time we had seen this lion with our own eyes, and it's not on a Michan, right? So it's not sitting there closer. And we have to be able to judge the age of this lion to make sure he's old enough and that he's the one that we want to take. So that is what took so long through this whole process. On the shot, I hit it right behind the shoulder. He died right in the grass. Right. I think a lot of people were thinking that you shot it in the guts and it was a bad shot. But again, if they'd watched the long form, they would see more. Yep. Yep. But that was like I from a from a somebody that didn't understand what was going on, you watch it, the lion did stop in the open. And those what we were doing is we were going back and forth to judge to make sure that this was an old enough lion and that this was the one that we wanted to take. Right. You're doing your part to make yep. sure you're doing the correct thing. Yep. yep. 
if you truly were just killing for pleasure, you would have shot at the second you saw it. Yep, 100%. All right, next section is impact on the lioness and the pride. So imagine walking with your wife and then someone with a rifle shoots you for no reason. How tragic. The two of them were a family, so it doesn't make sense to leave her alone by killing her mate. Lion boy and lion girl sensed danger while being spotted by hunters. Lion girl was lucky to escape while her lion boyfriend got murdered by hunters. Heartbreaking, you killed a male lion, the king, who is responsible for the safety of the female lions and her cubs. Lions are the king of the jungle. Treat them that way. I just hate idiots who kill majestic animals for no reason. I hope you know that when you shoot a lion, his pride is unprotected from hyenas and other male lions that will come in and kill the young because the male lion is gone. People are idiots sometimes. So these are all ones that I'm going to say somebody watched a tad bit too much Disney along the way. Um, <laughs> the first the first group of these, I don't know any, any animals that are husband and wife. Um, I can guarantee you that that lion, had, that male had probably been, I don't know, probably 80 different females in his lifetime because that's the way that animals are. Um, same thing with a white-tailed buck. If you notice, he's not with the same doe for, I mean, his lifetime. It kind of kind of varies. It's different. Um, but this kind of goes back also the people that are so far removed that they look at animals as humans as equals. Right. Um, that brings up something completely different in my, like, I, I animals are majestic, right? I love nature. I am fortunate to spend 150 to 180 days in the field a year. That means I get to see the sunrises, the sunsets. I hear the birds. I've seen things in the field that people could only dream of. And for people to attack and say that I don't like that is crazy because I love it. I value it more than more than a lot of people. But this is one um, that I think they're so far removed from what reality is. Like I would beg to bet that these people probably live in a city that's got a million people and they haven't seen grass in so long. Right. Like that's some of these comments are where, where you see that. Um, as far as I just want to, there's one other thing in these comments that I just have to, and this is what makes me believe they watch a lot of TV. That's not true. Right. The fact that a lion is fighting um, anybody that is actually in the wild, right. The lionesses do the majority of the work. They're the ones that protect the, the bride and, and so forth. Now, a lion, a male lion has its pride. And when he is lost or, or is gone, killed from whatever reason, right, then there's a new lion that comes in and takes over the pride. Lionesses do the majority of the killing of that pride. If anybody's in, in true what happens in the field, the male lions aren't, aren't going out and killing everything for this pride and then supplying the meat to their females. That is not what happens in reality. It may happen in TV, but it's not what happens in reality. You're saying people are watching too much Lion King. I mean, it, it definitely feels like these people watch Lion King and then just hopped in there, hopped into comedy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, the next thing here is the law. So Zambia, sort this out. Don't let them take out lions. This should be a federal crime. You must be arrested. Why do Zambia or any African nations allow this? So I would go back to, again, the one comment that if you look at Africa, the areas that have a sustained or a growing lion populations are the ones that allow legal hunting of lions. So all of this, the countries that have it, Zambia, it's 100% legal to hunt lions because they understand the value that it does for both the lions and the economy in Zambia. So only because I don't know this and I, ha I actually haven't asked you this before. So when you wanted to go to Zambia to hunt a lion, mm -hmm. 
you knew obviously that it was legal. Yep. You you paid for it up front. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yep. So um, on, on on Africa, a lot of what happens is it was when you book a safari. Um, mm-hmm. That safari is a is a is a package price. So you pay that package price, and then there are trophy fees along the way. So you can book a lion hunt, but then you have to pay a trophy fee on top of that. So I paid a trophy fee upon um, harvesting a lion as well. Okay. Understood. And it's part of that, right? How, just like anything, how's that fee broken down? Government gets some local um, villages split up and get some of that. And it just goes, it's kind of a sprinkle down effect of how that money spreads out. Exactly. I mean, even down to probably schools and everything in the villages. Yep. So the outfitters, um, and this is one thing I should have said, the outfitters and PHs in the areas that they control in Africa, um, they build up the infrastructure in these areas, right? They supply, I know a lot of outfitters that have built the schools in the areas that they outfit. They have brought the internet into the schools. They are the ones that supply the books, clothing, food, yada, et cetera. Like all that stuff is brought in as part of what the hunting brings. Right. And I think another thing that people just watching this, like, obviously, you're not going to be posting a video of you hunting and trying to educate people on lion hunting if it wasn't legal. Like, you wouldn't be there being escorted by a no. PH, by people in the community if it wasn't and, legal there. And there's also on hunts like this, there's a government official with us in the field. So in that mm-hmm. in that video, if you watch the long form one, there's um, two government officials that are with us in the field as we do this. Yep. All right. So last section here is after the fact. So do you now feel more powerful after killing an unarmed innocent animal while you are holding a gun? Does that give you a sense of achievement in life or do you need to keep killing animals on an ongoing basis? Do you feel proud now? Why? And then on top of that, you get constantly called criminal, coward, assassin, terrorist. Assassin and terrorist. Those are interesting, interesting ones. Um, how you feel after the fact, and I'll, I'll explain not only for lion hunting, but any type of hunting, doesn't matter if it's a woodcock, grouse, duck hunting, turkey hunting, anything that I've, I've always done. Um, after the fact is a, is a kind of a reflection moment, right? Like you put a lot of, a lot of time, energy and effort into hunting and doing this in the field. And there's always this, this moment afterwards of, of a flood of emotions, right? It's sadness, it's achievement, it's, it's all these things into one. And I can say this and any hunter that's listening to this instantly understands what I mean. You don't feel this high of achievement, high-fiving. You, it's this whole mix that comes together and it's so tough to explain what it is of, of that feeling of completion after the fact, because only a hunter understands what went into that, what that does at the end of it. Right. That's a, that's a feeling that a hunter has. Um, and if I reflect back on this, like it's my ability to explain what happened, educate. If I, if I look at this out of all these hundreds of thousands of people that have seen this, and this, this video will be over a million, there'll be over a million people that have watched this at some point. If I can educate one, one of those million people of what truly happens in Africa, the value that has to be placed on animals, on lions, on elephants, and how it works over there, then it, then it's worth it, right? Like I look at if I can educate one of what truly happens over there and give them a reliable source of information and education, then, I, then I'll be happy. 
Exactly. And, and that just goes back to, you're still a human. Like it still affects you. I mean, you're taking a life, but there's a purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like, it's not like, like you said, the reflection on it. And I think that goes hand in hand with every hunt that I've watched you go on. You know, if there's tradition in that community um, or that country, you always follow suit and respect the animal. And that's just something that I think if people would actually take the time and watch it, they would learn a lot from. Yep. Yep. So I have to well, that this, was, ooh, go ahead. Yeah. That, I was going to say that was kind of the majority of the question buckets. Um, and you said 1 million. Well, the short is already at over 4 million views. Oh, wait, that was way posted. off that. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, so you've already gotten, you know, that many views just on that one short, but um, I would hope that we can gain some more traction on the long form just on the education piece. But someone did say, you know, in your description that you don't talk much about the educational part of it. So I think, you know, that gives us a little work on how we can be a little more upfront with people on what you're doing um, for conservation. And that that goes right to the Guardian Conservation Fund that we'll be starting up later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, March is what we're aiming for, correct? Yep, correct. correct. So if we can share more about that, too, we can probably get this video going with more education purposes, too. Yeah, and it's one of those things. Same thing for anybody that's listened, that listened to this, right? Not your normal not your normal podcast, how we did it. I actually liked how it turned out here. Like I answered everything more so than I ever could in responding to a thousand comments on social media. Um but as always, like we improve because of the comments that we hear back. Um, and it's one of those, like, I always feel like I'm, I'm watering it down with the conservation messages and, and what it like hunting red stag in England, how it's affected over the years and, and how human growth is taking that away. Right. Like I always feel like I'm in these areas and I'm trying to tell these stories and I'm, and I feel like I'm doing a good job, but until I have somebody tells me like, man, I don't really, I don't really understand. Well, I got to dig deeper on myself. So it's like, if you have comments on this or on any of the videos, feel, please feel free to share them. Absolutely. And, and like you said before, you know, I handle answering most of the questions for you, but again, I'm learning from you and, and this helps me answer all of these line questions even a little better because now I learned a little more today too. Yep. Well, perfect. Julie, thanks for your yep. time and doing this. It'll be interesting to see yeah, how it turns out. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for all your support and downloads. If you like this episode, please go and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as that always helps. Do you want to book that hunt of a lifetime? Then give the team at Worldwide Trophy Adventures a call at 1-800-346-8747. Or if you want to start a tags portfolio for those limited entry tags, call 1-800-755-8247. Enjoy your journey.